Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Nicole Lesperance, author of the debut novel, The Wide Starlight. Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Sure. If someone hasn't heard about your novel, The Wide Starlight, yet, how would you describe the novel? Okay, so The Wide Starlight is a story of a girl named Ellie who was born on Svalbard, which is an island chain that's halfway between Norway and the North Pole. When Ellie was six years old, her mother took her out onto a frozen fjord, whistled at the northern lights, and got swept away into the sky, leaving Ellie all alone. Ten years later, Ellie's living on Cape Cod with her dad, and she hears that the northern lights are going to be visible for one night. So she whistles at them and her mother comes back, but nothing is quite right about her anymore. So Ellie has to piece together her memories, which are told as Norwegian fairy tales and journey back to Svalbard to figure out what really happened that night. Great. Do you remember the original impetus or idea that led you to write The Wide Starlight? I think I can't remember exactly where I read this legend. It was probably just somewhere on the internet, but I, I read this legend that if you whistled at the Northern Lights, they would carry you away. So I started looking it up online just to try and see like, where did this come from? Whose legend is this? And I found so many different stories from all over the world about what the Northern Lights might be and just people throughout history and all over different continents saw them and described them. And it was just so fascinating. There's Firefox tales. There's there's spirits playing a game with the skull of a walrus. It was another oh there was another one that was really beautiful. I thought I think it was Greenland. They thought it was the souls of babies who died before they were born. Um, like just these really incredible stories. So I just, I don't know, my mind was spinning with all these ideas. And I got this thought that like the Northern Lights themselves are, they're just a, a natural phenomenon. And it's really the stories themselves that give them magic. There's that component of the human imagination that, that gives them magic. So that kind of led me to this idea where in my book, the magic comes from the story that they're reading and it bleeds out of the stories and, and to the point where even the characters are coming out of the stories. That's That sounds very interesting. So <laughs> what kind of reading or research did you do about Norwegian folktales as you were writing the novel? I So I again, I started on the internet and then I found this illustrator called Kai Nielsen, who is a Danish illustrator who was very active in the very early 1900s. And he, I, I got this book called East of the Sun and West of the Moon, Old Tales from the North. And it just has these incredible full color, full page illustrations that he made. And they're like these fairy tale art deco illustrations. And I just, I read the stories in the book, but like even more, I was just looking at these gorgeous illustrations and they really inspired a lot of my just the way I envisioned Ellie's memories as fairy tales. I'm curious for those people listening who may not know or may have forgotten. I'm curious in your research, do you know the scientific reason behind what causes the Northern Lights? Yeah, you're putting me on the spot a little bit here okay. with the science, but I know it has to do with the solar flares can trigger okay. storms of them. And it has to, oh gosh, I, I don't want you to quote me on this, but I believe it has to do with charged particles in the atmosphere. 
That's fine. That's fine. It was just when you were talking about <laughs> it, it made me start thinking about it. Like, huh, what is the scientific reason for that? So that's fine. I um, know when there are solar storms, they definitely travel down <laughs> lower to lower latitudes. So I think that it. has an impact. Okay. So this is your debut novel. What was your writing journey that led you up to writing The Wide Starlight? So when I was... When I first had my daughter, which is about 10 years ago, I I was home with her and I had this kind of two-hour window during nap time and I couldn't go anywhere and I didn't really know what to do with myself. And I had always written, but it was always short stories and poetry and like just journaling and stuff like that. So I just decided I'd had this really wild dream and I kept thinking about it and I said, oh, maybe I'll try and turn that into a story. And then it was like, maybe I'll turn it into a book. Just give it a shot, see what happens. So I just kept on working at it every day and it just grew and grew. Um, and I I decided I would try and find an agent for it and maybe try and get it published. And in hindsight, I'm, I'm really glad that didn't happen because it was a really long learning process. And I really, I had a lot to learn that I didn't know I had to learn. I wrote that book and that didn't get an agent. Then I wrote another book, which was a, a YA thriller. And that one got a bit of agent interest, like some good responses, but didn't end up working out. So finally I wrote The Wide Starlight and this was 2015, I think, I, I finally signed with my agent. And then it went out on submission to publishers. And that actually took a really long time, too, because the book just really wasn't where it needed to be. So I rewrote it completely from scratch. We pulled it from submission. I rewrote it completely. And then that version finally ended up getting picked up by an editor. So it was definitely not an overnight success and it involved a lot of tears and frustration. But I think my, my writer friends really helped me get through it and they really helped me level up my writing and it ended up being very positive in the end. And I'm curious if you can remember or if you can articulate, what was it on that first version of The Wide Starlight that that was under submission that you then said you rewrote it from scratch? What was it that you felt like you needed to rewrite? Was that feedback from um, editors that you were looking at, or was it just a sense that you got? I'm curious about. Yeah, so the first version, the so the novel's set in two parts, and the first part takes place on Cape Cod, and, and the newest version, it takes place in Svalbard. And in my earlier version, it was it was Canada. So it was the Canadian Arctic, and it also didn't have any fairy tales. And I... There were more characters on the Cape Cod part. There were more friends. There was a lot more going on. The second half had the romance going on. Um, <laughs> it was just a lot. And I think I realized that what I needed to do was rein it in. Number one, I had to rein it in a little bit and, and make the central focus Ellie and her mother and get rid of the romance and a lot of the sort of unnecessary pieces of it. And then when I did end up switching the setting to Svalbard, that's when I started researching the Norwegian fairy tales and I realized how much more I could add to the flashbacks by, by peppering in those details and framing them like fairy tales. 
Gotcha. So the the White Starlight is marketed as a YA novel. Was that something that you mentioned earlier, this YA thriller that you had written previously that didn't get published? I'm assuming that you wrote The White Starlight knowing that it was a YA novel. And I'm just curious about that. Is that something that you were attracted to? What What made you think about a YA novel as opposed to, let's say, like a novel for adults? Yeah. Okay. So I have a middle grade book that also came out last month called The Nightmare mm-hmm. Thief. That one actually got bought after The Wide Starlight, but came out before it. So it's a little confusing about which one is the debut. Oh, okay. But So I, I have pretty exclusively tried to write books for children and teenagers, obviously. I, I don't know... I think part of the reason why I did not start writing books for so long is that I felt daunted by the idea of writing an adult book. And then I started reading YA when I was in my 20s. So like obviously well out of the target range, but I got really fascinated by the kind of blending of genres that's allowed in YA. It's perfectly normal if someone is like, just your average person and then fantastical and magical things happen to them in a way that I think adult books, the the genres are a lot more rigid. Um, so I started reading a lot of YA books that had fantastical elements in them. And I thought to myself, this is something I'm really interested in. And it's something I think that I could pull off. So I think that was the draw to me. And I've pretty much exclusively only written book length things that are YA or middle grade. Sure. And what was the name of your middle grade novel again? I, I wasn't aware of that one. Oh, yeah. It's called The Nightmare Thief. And it just came out from Sourcebooks last month. Great. So what was your writing process when you were working on The Wide Starlight? Did you outline the novel extensively or was it more of an organic process for you? Uh, That's a good question. So I used to not outline anything. I I don't know if you're familiar with the term pantser or pantsing. It's when you just go by the seat of your pants and you you just go where the story takes you. And I, I love that process. I, I just feel like I can be so much more creative that way, but it it tends to lead to an incredible mess of a first draft for me at least. So I that's how I wrote The Wide Starlight the first time. And then every time I revised it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. 
As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C O R I E N T.com. Corient.com. Subsequently, I would have basically plan out how I was going to structure the revision. So I think as I worked on it more, I became more of a planner. And since then, I have realized that I need to make myself plan things ahead of time, at least for me and my process, unless I want to basically spend more time revising the draft than actually writing the draft. Gotcha. I'm curious, are there ever days where you sit down to write and it's tough to get going? And if so, what do you <laughs> yeah. what do you do on those days? Pretty much every day. It's hard for me to get going, um, especially with the pandemic. But yeah, I like to go for walks when I'm stuck. I make playlists for all of my books. I pick songs that remind me of just the story or the setting or a character. And a lot of times I'll find a song that's just perfect for a certain scene. And I will just play it on repeat because it gives me like that sort of emotional connection without being to, I don't know, it does, it, I'm not forcing myself to think of what's going to happen. I'm just sticking my head into the scene. And then I'll just go walk around my neighborhood for a while. And I, I think once I settle into a groove and I just let my head just relax, a lot of times that will get me moving when I get back to my house. Sometimes the shower too. I, I think a lot of people, for some reason, the shower really helps ideas come. But, and also I think there's a lot of value in just, if you're really stuck, just set it aside for a week or two weeks. Like just let your subconscious do some work on its own. I think sometimes if you're just pushing, pushing, it doesn't always, it doesn't work for me always. Gotcha. Given your experience, as you mentioned earlier, of writing the um, earlier two novels and then rewriting this novel twice, what writing advice would you offer for those who are listening and are writing their own stories and novels? I'm trying to re I wrote this quote down. So I have this friend, Anna Drury, who um, posted this great tweet, and she was saying that she needed to lean into the delightful weird of her story. And I just loved that because she was saying, oh, I'm really worried that this story is strange and no one's going to get it. And I think like the fact that your story is strange is good. And I think that's what's going to make it unique. That's what's going to make it stand out. And I think there are probably way more people than you think who will connect to that weirdness. And that's what's going to make them really click with you and your writing. So I, th I think don't be afraid to, to push the boundaries of what might be strange or unusual or scary even to you and just just go with it. Like every time I every time one of my writing friends had said, has told me, oh, this is the weirdest thing I've ever written. I don't even know if anybody's going to want to publish it. Like nine times out of 10, that ends up being the book that kind of breaks out and is successful. So I think that's just try and find your uniqueness and just really push in that direction. That's great advice. 
So are you working on another novel now? Yeah, I'm right now I'm working on the sequel to my middle grade book, which is coming out next year. It's called The Dream Spies. And so I'm, I'm waiting on edits on that one. And then I have started another YA book that I can't say too much about yet, but hopefully I will be able to. But I will say that it is much more dark and a little bit on the scary side. And it's I, it's a YA. I can't remember if I said that already. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? I recently read The Valley and the Flood, which is by Rebecca Mahoney. It's coming out. I read the arc of it, the advanced reader copy. I It's coming out later this month. And it is also a YA. It's also speculative in an unexpected way. It's like X-Files meets David Lynch meets Twilight Zone. And it takes place in this like weird desert town. I just loved it. So that one's coming out from Razor Bell as well. And I really highly recommend that one. I also really loved The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by Victoria Schwab. That one is, it's an a grown-up book, <laughs> but she also writes YA in middle grade. She does a little bit of everything. And that one was incredible too. I read it in two days. I couldn't put it down. I was like neglecting my children. <laughs> I was like <laughs> running away to hide and read it. That's great. Where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novels? You can find me at my website, which is NicoleLesperance.com. I'm also pretty active on Twitter and I'm Nick Lesperance on there and a little bit on Facebook and a little bit on Instagram too. Great. Again, we've been speaking with Nicole Lesperance, author of the novels The Wide Starlight and The Nightmare Thief. The novels are on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Nicole, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much for having me. Now, stay tuned for a brief excerpt from the audiobook of The Wide Starlight by Nicole Lesperance, read by Brittany Presley, available from PRH Audio, wherever audiobooks are sold. You're not allowed to be born or to die on Svalbard. On this tiny archipelago halfway between Norway and the North Pole, there's no cemetery, because the bodies freeze solid and never go away. And the hospital isn't equipped for all the messy and terrible things that can happen in childbirth. So women fly down to the mainland before their babies are due. No beginnings or endings of life. Just the in-between. Once upon a time, in a greenhouse at the top of the world. My mother and father were waiting for me to be born. It was almost time, and my mother had bought her plane ticket and packed her suitcase. Books, pajamas, toothbrush, diapers, more books. Everything was ready, and she was supposed to be sleeping, but an ache in her lower back kept nudging her awake. She left my father snoring in bed and stole outside. Even at midnight, the sun was bright, the air scented with cold sea and wind over stone. On an improvised clothesline behind the house, my mother had hung three pairs of tiny-footed pajamas that she'd bought for me. She wanted them to absorb that night sun smell, so I'd know it as soon as I came into the world. As she reached up to unpin the first sleeve, the whispering of wings filled the air. Claws grasped the shoulders of her robe, 
her hair, her wrists and fingers. White feathers flew like snow as the birds flapped and pulled and rose. Up my mother flew, over the little town of Longyearbyen, its rows of candy-colored houses cradled by flat-topped mountains. Down through a fjord with water like blue-stained glass. Over a craggy glacier with waterfalls pouring into the sea. Then up, up again to the top of a snow-covered peak. I used to ask my mother if she was scared when she flew all that way. But she told me the birds were so gentle with their claws. And besides, she'd never been afraid of heights. As she flew, she said, the pain in her back grew deeper, fiercer, until it felt like she might turn inside out. Finally, the birds set her down in a nest made of down feathers, softer than clouds. Moments later, she pushed me out into the world, wet and steaming in the cold. She pulled off her bathrobe and wrapped me in it, put me to her breast. I asked her once if she was cold without her bathrobe, but she said she felt nothing but wild elation singing through her veins now that she finally could hold me in her arms and see my face. She said she could have walked home naked and not shivered once. But she didn't have to walk home. Once I dropped off to sleep, and my mother tucked her robe closer around my shriveled face, the birds took her again this time by the shoulders of her nightgown. She wasn't worried about dropping me. She was physically incapable of letting me go, she said. The birds flew my mother across the fjord and back into the town, which was now slowly waking up, though it had been light all night long. She pointed to our house, the green one at the end of the row, in case the birds had forgotten. As they put her down, her feet slid right into her slippers where she'd left them. The door had latched shut, and she hadn't brought her keys, so she knocked. When my father answered, bleary and tousled, there she was, holding the child he hadn't been expecting to see for weeks. Sometimes, as I'm just about to fall asleep, I can almost remember it. The confusion in his face fading to love as he drank me in. It didn't matter how or why. We were back. We were home. We were safe. But it wasn't the only time my mother flew away. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. 
Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.